Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. And I'm Stephanie Hupka, a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing founder and CEO of Setencha Gamification, Game Master of Gamicon, and author of several books, Monica Cornetti. Welcome, Monica. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be part of the pod squad today. How fun is that? So thank you for inviting me. Welcome. We're so excited to have you on. Before we jump into our topic of deliberate fun, gamification activities and intensities in learning development, would you share with us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, thanks. I kind of trip and, tripped and fell into learning and development, probably like many of you who are listening. I was good at something else. And then somebody said to me, hey, you should teach people how to do that. And when I did that, I then got hired into a position. And so because of my work in strategic thinking and strategic planning with not-for-profits, I did work on that for a number of years and then started teaching that to other people. But along the way, I learned that I didn't know anything about adult learning and adult learning principles and how best to bring uh, experiences to adults. And so I had to do a lot of learning along the way. And ATD has been instrumental in connecting me with people who know much more than I do in certain areas that I can uh, continue to grow my knowledge and skills. So I'm delighted to be part of the DC ATD podcast. And thank you again for inviting me to be here. Yes, absolutely. We're glad to have you once again. Now, in the gamification business, recent statistics by industry analysts predict that by 2025, the game-based learning industry will reach about $28 billion. That's with a B, as in bank, and with an estimated 27% market growth. And these numbers seem to be increasing as we speak. Now, putting this in perspective, would you share with us some of the top things that talent development professionals are they consider when it comes to gamification design so that the experience can be fun and rewarding for participants while at the same time achieving business objectives for their organizations? All right, great question. That's that's a lot of information there. So it's, you know, the gaming, game-based learning, 28 billion. That's a lot of that's a lot of bucks. Uh, and it's not just, you know, McDonald or Monopoly bucks, it's real bucks. And when you think about the why behind that, and I remember when I first started dipping my toe in the water of game-based learning and 
gamification that my initial thoughts were, you know, it's time to put down these games and get to work. You know, we are serious people doing serious business here and we ain't got time for games. And I was so wrong in that, in that thought process because it's exactly what we need for serious people doing serious work because there's a lot of decisions that we have to make. We're in such an unprecedented time right now as we come out of the pandemic and move into this strange new world of this marketplace where it is definitely a job seekers market, which changes the balance of the playing field. And we need to be offering to employees a way for them to grow and develop their skills so they want to stay with us. All that to say is we love playing games. We've played games since we were children, before we even could use words, we were playing. And we, we, our brains understand games. Our brains understand the safety of games. And so as a talent development professional, the last thing I think that we should be doing is moving away from games and thinking that this is for those people over there, but we're different. I understand, Monica, that For some industries, they could use it, but in our industry, we couldn't possibly. And uh, to me, that's a hubris and a mistake that will end up disserving your company because no organization, no group of individuals is unique or different than anybody else. No matter what the industry is, it all comes down to people and core motivators that we all have, regardless of the career we went into. And if we can plug into those core motivators to engage and motivate our employees, games are the best way to do that. Gamification, game-based learning, because the mechanics of games will trigger those motivations that we need. So... Yeah, I don't think it's a time to be shying away from it. Very interesting. Now, Monica, I know that you are sought for your skill as a gamification speaker. You are considered at the top of the field in gamification design for corporate learning. You've earned numerous awards and have written books, etc. We are very honored to have you here with us today. So in your expert opinion, why is gaming for learning and development such a key to ensuring learners actually learn the material? In other words, We know that for children, learning games are top revenue opportunities for game developers. And so when we deal with adult learners, what can you share with us about the benefits for learning organizations or talent developers who focus on leveraging gamification as a top option to teach materials? Well, I think it goes back to if we just think about uh, if you've have children or you have grandchildren or you were a child and you think about something that was complex for you to understand, suddenly when somebody broke it down and made it game-like, you could understand it. So like I have a grandson who's learning division right now and, and getting out some manipulatives so that he could play with what the black words on a white page are saying to him, you could see the aha moments in his eyes. You could see him starting to put it together. And this is like using Lego pieces to, to show what division does, how dividing these, these pieces out. And so when we think about 
Adult learners need to learn something so they can do something with it in the workplace. And if we put it in an environment well, where that, well, they're hired to know it, well, it's their job to do it, it's lots of people's jobs to do it who aren't doing it. So if we really need for them to learn how to do something, learn something so they can do something, then we really need for them to learn something so they can do something. And games are the safest way for that to happen. Gamification with its game mechanics and the dynamics of play and the and the uh, dopamine and, and oxytocin and all the other hormones that can get released by bringing that gameplay into our learning, there is absolutely no better way to make sure that our learners are actually grasping the concept, they got it, and they know what to do with it. Yes, that makes complete sense to me. Now, the pandemic has certainly impacted the talent development world in so many ways. From your perspective, how has that impacted the business of gamification? One of my favorite things with gamification is the low tech or the no tech analog where literally you can be doing sticky notes or cards on a table because everybody can play with low tech or analog gamification. It doesn't matter your age, your demographic, what you already know. We can get a, uh, we can bring some cards out and make perfect sense of it. So I think losing a lot of that low tech opportunity, although we found ways to, to make that work, right? We now send packets to people. So they actually have cards that they can play with as we're doing virtual training, or we provide downloads. But even that, you know, you discover that um, because we have our office and and our, we off, our office is based in our home, we've always, we're used to having printers. And, you know, you find out that even people who had to go home they don't have access to a printer. If they do have access, it's not color printer. And and just these little things that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of. But I think the thing I love the most is that everything we thought was impossible to do before we went into shutdown, we are kind of proving that all wrong. Like we can't engage people in a virtual learning environment. Well, we certainly have, and we certainly are. We can't, you know, right? We can't, you can't teach difficult concepts in this virtual environment. Uh, well, we are. And so um, I think for the business of gamification, it's caused us to be more creative. It's put those boundaries on us that enable creativity. And I, I think what I miss the most is the low tech and the analog, but I know that we'll be back to that or some form of it in some way. We just have to keep asking the right questions to get the right answers. Right, right. So what would you say are the key driving factors and challenges in the global game-based learning market that we might see in the next few years as it relates to corporate learning environments? I think one of the main things is going to be how all these great new platforms are going to work with LMSs. I mean, I know we can bring in some XAPI, but we're seeing so many great platforms and um, game-based learning 
digitally that has been developed over these past 18 months. But the real challenge is going to be to get behind the firewalls and get it integrated into LMSs so that it functions properly. And I understand companies have to protect their proprietary information. And I mean, I'm not objecting to any of that, but I think it will cause that will be limited. I mean, I daily have sessions with clients that they're still not allowed to use their microphone or their camera because of the work of where they work. And so, you know, you're working so hard on the other side to keep the energy up and keep, and everyone's typing through. It's just unbearable. It really is. But I, and I don't, again, I'm not arguing with the, do we have to do that? Cause there are smarter people than me who are locking it down, but I do know that it limits our abilities. And uh, so I think that the making it all work, making it all able to talk to each other, but imagine what we couldn't do five years ago, four, you know, three years ago that we're doing now. So I don't think it'll be uh, permanent disabilities as far as unable to make things talk to each other. But I th- but I think it will be one of the challenges that we have to overcome. Yeah, definitely. Monica, one of the things that you did is you trademarked a framework for guiding the process from conceptualization to implementation for creating gamified learning programs. And it has reached an interesting level of success. Can you tell our listeners about some of the certification programs that your company offers for people who might be interested? Well, thank you for asking. That's a great question. Okay. So back in 2012, I had some long-term clients in the Pacific Mariana Islands that I had been working with for years. And uh, they had asked me about, you know, what's this gamification thing you're doing? So I took my little map. It was like a pen and ink drawn map and all my manipulatives that I had. And I, I went there and with this very low tech, low glamour, no, anyone who's a graphic artist on the call would just be cringing at what I put in front of them. Uh, we mapped out this framework that worked. I mean, that's the most important thing. It's a proven process. In our uh, Pirate Tales map, we've got 30 stepping stones, and each one of those stepping stones is an instrumental part in successful gamification design for learning. And now, ours is really still focused on adult learning. You could still use the map, like if you're a middle school teacher or an elementary school teacher, but we are focused on business outcomes. So that is part of the map is writing your OKRs, your objectives and your key results, and figuring out how this is going to impact the business in a positive way. But I started with that first level and then as we refined it, I went to SHRM and HR, well, I went to HRCI because they were doing the certifications at that time. It was still one group, but HRCI, and I got that our program could get recertification pro- credits. And then when SHRM started offering them and now through ATD, so we uh, also work with ATD chapters as a revenue share program, our level one our gamification surveyor program, which is like a basic overview. We introduce you to the Pirate Tales map. We take you through this journey of gamification design for learning. And it's designed to give you a basic overview. You work with a a guild, a crew to design a proposal for gamified learning. And then we, after we had run that for a while, people were like, well, what's next? 
we're like, well, let's level up to two. And we developed our journeyman, which is where you get to actually develop player personas and do a low resolution prototype and have it play tested and get feedback for it. And then, of course, people are saying, well, what's next? And we're like, well, let's do a full deployment. So our level three, our master craftsman requires a fully gamified course deployment in order for you to be certified as a master craftsman. And um, we started that probably in, I think, 17. And so right now we're right at 80 master craftsmen that are global who have gone through our three levels of certification and have actually deployed. And so for the L&D industry, it's a unique opportunity to earn a certification that does earn you recertification credits, but also we give you all those tools so you can take it back to your colleagues and your and your friends at work and show them how to do it also. And that brings us the greatest delight when we see organizations developing these amazing gamified learning programs that are winning international awards using our proven and trademark process. We couldn't be happier when we see that happen. Great. Thank you for sharing. I know this is going to be helpful for people who are looking for innovative ways to um, enhance their learning programs. Now, for industry enthusiasts, GamiCon is the conference for gamification of learning. How are you involved? <laughs> well, the one thing that you learn about me is that I like I like to create new things. Like what can we do new next year? Like that's what we're looking at right now for 22. So what happened was there was a hole in the industry. We used to have what's called, what was called G summit. It was a gamification summit here in the United States that uh, no longer was held. They were doing gamification conferences in Europe, uh, in, in India, in Egypt, in Turkey, uh, and we weren't doing anything here in the United States. So we went to our friends and colleagues at Training Magazine, and we presented them with a proposal for co-locating a gamification conference for learning with, with one of their conferences. And they said yes right away. So we started with TechLearn. TechLearn used to be called the Online Learning Conference. And then they switched to TechLearn, I think, two years ago. So we were doing one GameCon in the fall live, co-located with TechLearn. Then pandemic hit. And so we went to virtual. And so right now we're at three GameCons a year we're, we'll take it back down after pandemic, but we are co-located with Training Magazine, and it really we we started calling it the Unconference because it's like we have a, a game a con that will be coming up live in February in Orlando. It'll be the first time we'll be live again for two years, two plus years, we are so excited. And you will have, like, we pretty much guarantee like zero lecture, 100% hands-on play shops. We don't even call them workshops. They're play shops where, like, don't worry about dressing up. Wear clothes that you don't mind if you get some glue and stuff on it because we'll be doing hands-on creation of player journeys and creating game-based learning and and focusing on the mechanics and how do they interact with each other. So it is specifically for the gamification of learning. You come there because you want to learn how to use 
playfulness, game thinking, game design, gamification in your learning programs. And we have a really high um, net promoter score. Uh, our people come back again and again. It's like and no conference like you've ever been to before. And it's because we really make it about the person who's there and that they can walk away from there knowing they can start implementing gamification in their programs when they return to work. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Monica. Yeah, I just I love the themes of fun that we have heard about today. And that's why I'm really glad that even though we are coming to the end of our more formal part of our episode, we still have a little bit left for you, Monica. Because at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guest five rapid fire style questions. Each question requires just about 60 seconds to respond. So what do you think? Are you ready for a little bit of rapid fire? Yes. (laughs) I love that hesitation. (laughs) I promise these are fun questions. So in the spirit of fun, give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. All right. Well, I'm going to give you two if I could. All right. So I'll give you, I'll give you Kathy Moore's Map It. So I I think it should be on every talent investment. I'm not just on your shelf, but like use it, carry it with you. Like you carry a Bible with use it. But more importantly, I think than that, because there's lots of great books like that. I think something that uh, my most impactful book that has changed the way I deliver is The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. And especially in this pandemic time where we've had no peaks and valleys, as L&D professionals, we've got to create peaks and valleys so that there are places to hook some memories. And so I just think it's a must read for every talent development professional. The Power of Moments, Chip and Dan Heath. I got to say, I wholeheartedly agree with both of your selections. Phenomenal choices. All right. Give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. Um, it's one of those platforms I was talking about. It's still, they're still working it out, but it's called Topia, T-O-P-I-A dot I-O. It is this amazing land that you go to. Uh, they have these artifacts that you can create your own worlds. We went to one where our colleague created a beach and now we've gone back there half a dozen times and uh, it's just, you, you've got this little avatar that moves around the screen and you can dance and you can sit down next to a fire and you can add audio and video. And it's really neat because you can move around uh, and engage in one-on-one conversations or group conversations. It's just this awesome engagement tool. It's called topia.io. And if anyone wants to play, I can send you a link to one of the worlds that we created and uh, you can play in that world. Uh, But you can take a look at it. It's really fun. Cool. Yeah. I've written that down. That sounds amazing. All right. What is the best piece of talent development related advice you've ever been given? Uh, Again, I think I have two. (laughs) Um, one and one's more like, but one is that you really need rubrics. Uh, like when you're, when you're designing, uh, people really need to know how they'll be evaluated. 
And so if it's for learning, there should be some rubric. If you're having, like, I, I would prefer that we do anything other than a test for, for like proof of knowledge, right? That you know how to do this. So if we're going to have them do other kind of projects, I still think they need to have some kind of rubric that they can use because people want to know we're so conditioned. Well, is this going to be on the test? Is this, what, what does it take to get an A? What do I need to get an A? Right. Never mind that. Well, this is for you. You're a, you're a grown up. You're learning this for you, you know? So that, I think a rubric. And then the other part that I think has just changed my life because I do have a tendency towards perfectionism is that iteration is part of design. That iteration is not separate from design. That you, it is something that you include in your design process that you've got to be willing to let people tell you your baby's ugly. And make sure. <laughs> No, no, that faces that baby's got a face only a grandmother could love. No, <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you though, because I think it I know for me, as soon as I learned that, as soon as I got comfortable with that, it completely changed my practice. So I think you are right? something yes. so so true. Yeah. All right. What is one thing you're excited about that's coming up in the next year? All right. So see, I, I just got emotional. I didn't expect it, but I am so excited to get back out and see my friends in real life. I love that though. I, I, I am so excited to, I mean, I don't, I don't ever need to go back and travel every week like I was doing before, but to go, you know, to meet people and to have those experiences in real life again, uh, like at GameCon, you know, we do these fantastic after hours events where people are just solving these challenges and making lifelong friendships. And I just am so excited about the opportunity to do that. Yeah, again. you are not alone. I think a lot of us are looking forward to that, especially as we're finding more reasons and more, you know, kind of that better ability to be able to do it. I love it. All right. What is the one thing within our talent development industry that you are deeply grateful for right now? Uh, the friends and colleagues that I've made along the way that, to me, what I hear from other people who like dip their toes in L&D, like they venture over here to learn something, they're like, no other industry is like this. Like, y'all are nice. <laughs> like, you share. Like, you're not trying to like one up each other. And but you're like, you're honestly sharing. And if somebody knows how to do something, they mentor somebody else to do it. So I just think we have such a gracious and generous community that really supports each other and wants each other to succeed. And I am grateful to be in the industry. I absolutely agree with you. It really does make getting up and going to work feel a little less like going to work every day, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Monica, you are amazing. We are so happy you joined us today to share your wisdom and your fun with our listeners. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That was so kind of you. I really had fun doing it. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and thank you to my co-host as well. Yeah, this was a phenomenal opportunity to learn about gamification. I feel like every time I get the chance to learn more about gamification, it reminds me why it is so important that we do it. And this conversation definitely reminded me that this is an area to spend more time in. So thank you so much. Ditto. This was very enjoyable. Oh, thank you so much. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. 
membership in the Metro DCATD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join our chapter today. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on volunteer to get started.